Welcome to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Alex Gearing. And I'm Bobby Howe. Bobby, I have a, I'm stuffy this morning. Did you come back from Florida with a cold? I did. That's what I'm blaming it on, is, is frickin' Florida. Being oh around people. Gosh. It's because your immune system hasn't been around anybody, and now all of a sudden oh. you've been around someone. My, uh, my dog came back from boarding with a cold. He's sneezing all over everything. Oh, puppy. I mean, his little nose just keeps dripping on the couch. Yeah, oh, we no. have stuff on the couch. It's not on the couch, but you know what I mean. And I'm just like, oh, little buddy. So sweet puppy. So we've been back from Florida about 48 hours. Yeah. We were on the same flight together. That was we fun. Were. We, were. we were. You were part of the plane touchdown before my part of the plane. So you were back before me. That's right. Uh, for, okay. So here's a fun story. On my way there for the first time in my life, and I was on a uh, 737 MAX. And I was in boarding position A1. And then on my flight back, I was in boarding position A3. So, I mean, I, it was, it was good. It was good. I got to get off that. Here's what I learned. Uh, the first, when I got on the flight, uh-huh. uh, I, uh, for, the, for, for the one that was going to Florida, I made the mistake of choosing a seat. I could pick any seat in the place. I chose a seat near the front of the plane, as you do, but I sat in an aisle seat. And so for the entire rest of the boarding process, my elbow touched everybody's butt. Uh-huh. Like my shoulder got more uh, action, action than, than like, I, I mean, I, I don't understand. And so it, anyway, it was not action enjoyable experience. I mean, I just, mm-hmm. everybody's butt was touching my shoulder. Um, so, uh, on the way back, I decided to pick a window seat. Um, and that was much better. So I, I learned my lesson. Uh, yeah. when you have an early pick, you don't pick a, a, mm-hmm. uh, aisle seat because you're going to have to touch everybody's butt or you get whacked in the head with bags and all of the things. Yeah. yeah it's not, it's not pleasurable. That. That's why no. I almost always take a window seat. What's funny is my Alex chose a window seat you know you can have window or aisle as a kid mom takes the middle dad gets what's left over sure um and he chose a window seat and then we get back there it actually has two windows there was one right behind his head and one in front of his face it was like a a dual window seat yeah yeah except one of the windows the shade was broken so we couldn't (laughs) so it's bright light in our eye the entire flight oh no but he was like uh it's broken and i was like well you didn't figure that out until too late all the other seats (gasps) the cat just fell off my desk (laughs) Oh gosh, Sorry your animals that. are having a hard time. They're, one's got a cold, the one's falling off the desk. Yeah, it's fine. Everything's fine. So um, how, this was your first president's circle, correct? Yes, that is correct. So, what did you think? It was great. Okay, so I'll just, we'll get Minus. the, yeah, yeah, we'll just get the, the lemon part of it out right now. And that is that Florida in June which I've been joking about since it was announced, mm-hmm. is not something any sane person would choose. Nope. So like if I were choosing to go somewhere, the last place I would choose in the middle of June is Florida. It was yep. hot. It was humid. I couldn't get anybody to want to do anything with me outside. I wanted to play volleyball and nobody wanted to play volleyball. Nope. Couldn't get any. I, could, I got one person. I got Lee Brown's husband to play bags with me. So we played a little bit of cornhole. That was fun. Other than that, nobody really wanted to do anything uh, other than lay out for as long as they could stand it and then go back into the air conditioning. And that, that was about it. 
so other than that, the food was fantastic. Mm-hmm. The uh, camaraderie building and the uh, networking were fantastic. The speakers were absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was well worth uh, everything for it. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I just really had a good time. Um, I can't wait for uh, next year uh, in, yeah. in Nassau. That'll be so much fun. Yeah. You know, I'm normally one of those people who will lay on the beach, lay by the pool, will just get my son in and do all of that. And I'll spend yeah. all day there. Even I was sitting under the umbrella 95% of the day. You know, we have humidity here in the Midwest. Early in the totally. morning, if, if you go out running in the summer, it's not unheard of to have 95, 98% humidity, right. which is what they had there. But it was a it different type of humidity. Yeah. Like I, I've never experienced anything like it though. Oh, so we went out um, Saturday morning. I went for a run. I, I, I'm training for a marathon. We've talked about it. And I had 10 miles on my schedule, but the circle around the island, the main roads was seven and a half miles. And I was like, you know what? Seven and a half miles in Florida in the summer, we're going to call that 10 miles in the Midwest in the summer, you know, like whatever. And so I head out the hotel and there's Lee Brown and Heather Zur, who was former uh, women's council national president. And they're like, hey, run with us. And I was like, well, I'm doing a circle. They joined me. My pace was so slow, just trying to just breathe and acclimate because it was just, the air was so thick. You didn't have to iron anything. Like you walked out. Like I just took stuff. Yeah. I took stuff right out of my suitcase, put it on. And I was like, oh crap, this is wrinkly. This is going to be embarrassing no, because uh, you know Sarah wasn't there to make me hang everything up. That's how guys right. operate. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, I walk outside and it's like immediately it's steamed. Uh, it's perfectly uh, ironed. You know, it, it looked great, and I didn't have to do anything. So there, there was some advantage. I mean, mm-hmm. it was it was crazy. So who is your favorite speaker? I want to say Donna Brazil was my favorite, and even though she's left, obviously she's a Democrat. She seemed very centrist in her remarks. You know, she oh, said- She like, is. She really and, uh, is a centrist. She uh, really is. Honestly, like in today's world, in, in this political, uh, in yeah, this yeah. new political spectrum we find ourselves in post 2020, she's yeah. pretty darn moderate. Mm-hmm. Well, my favorite quote from her was, well, there were several favorite quotes that came from her because she was just, she was hilarious. Like it was an 8 a.m. session and she was just- firing on all cylinders. Like you would have thought it was a 4 p.m. comedian up on stage. One of the things that she said as a female, I I particularly enjoyed this, was talking about masks and how we're all done wearing masks. And even though it's, we will do it because it's the right thing to do, but we're done wearing masks. I mean, we wear a bra, isn't that enough? And I was like, yes, it is enough to have to wear a bra. I don't need a mask too, it's fine. Boys don't understand this. It's not a thing for them, but it's fine. There you go. Yeah, I did. That's interesting. That was not my favorite quote. From was not, oh, it so didn't appeal she, to you. There is something, there was something in her oh. speech for everybody. Well, okay. We've, we've talked a lot about uh, a president's circle, so we should probably move on. I mean, I don't want to make right. our, we listeners talk with our guest star today. Who, well, who are we talking to? Okay. So I'm really excited about who we're bringing on today. So we're bringing in two guests from Habitat for Humanity of Kansas City. 
Habitat KC is how we'll probably refer to it the rest of this because it's easier to say. Um, we're bringing in Lindsay Hicks and she's the vice president of development and Leslie Brady, who's not only the construction manager for Habitat KC, she's also a KCRER realtor and one of my good friends. I love Leslie. She's amazing. Um, so I have to say, the audience is not going to know this, but I recently did a training class for Habitat KC, the, the construction crew. And as a part of my um, pay that I received to do this teaching class, I got like eight different Habitat KC t-shirts. And the one I'm wearing today, I wore in um, Florida and it says, Kansas City needs affordable housing, which is one of the topics we're going to talk to them about today. Um, but it was such a conversation starter with all these other people. Like there was a lady at the pool from Omaha. She's like, we need affordable housing too. And, and it started a conversation about habitat. It started a conversation about affordable housing in our country. And so um, I think their message is getting across with these t-shirts. Absolutely. Well, and I think it's an important message across the country. Uh, right. It's not just Kansas City. Uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a crisis. So, so one of the best things about uh, our partnership with Habitat for Humanity is our Rock the Block event, which is taking place this year. And it's going to happen between September 21st and 24th, which is a change from previous years where it was a single day event. So what's up with that change with it being like three days? Yeah. Or really that's four thing. days. It's a COVID thing, right? A COVID thing. So we're just kind of spacing people out. Spratty buddy about, make sure they're safe, make sure they have plenty of time. Plus I think it's more time to get our projects done too. Cool. I like it. It's awesome. Yeah. Maybe we can so, have a bigger impact. What's your favorite part of volunteering for Rock the Block when you do it? Well, I mean, this is going to sound like a cop out, but last time we did Rock the Block, I ran around at a golf cart with you and uh, talked to everybody that was doing it. And I, and I mean it when I say that that was probably one of the coolest things that I've done with Rock the Block mm -hmm. because it was so fun to go around and talk to everybody who is volunteering um, and, uh, I mean, we say this all the time and I know that we know it. Um, but I think that it's easy for a lot of the members who aren't necessarily engaged with the volunteer work, um, to, it's easy for them to miss just how caring and wonderful our realtor family is. And, um, I mean, they're all there for the right reasons. Um, you know, we don't just get together when there's free beer or, or for me, free whiskey, um, but we, we get together, uh, when there's work to be done, uh, yep. we come together in transactions when there's work to be done. Um, and that's really what drives everything for us. And so for me, that was just really fun to, to go around and, uh, do what we did last time. That was just really fun. I enjoyed that too. And I could get into some of the stories that I enjoyed from rock to block, but we're running late on time. So I don't want to drag too much into it. So if you'd like to be involved in this year's Realtors Rock the Block, you need to talk to your broker about adopting a home. And if your broker is not going to do it, find, you know, another office will probably adopt you for the day. And then you done. We're not trying to get you to switch brokerages, but if you really want to get involved, we'll find a way to get you a house and get you involved. <laughs> Let's do Honestly. it. Okay. I'll, you want a book bit? Was it, what's your book bit? Well, you got to sing the song first. Do, 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 Bobby's book bit. It's hard to do when I've got a cold. I'm sorry, Casey. I'm sorry about that. So my book, so um, I chose to do this book for this episode because one of our recent podcast guests was Miss Maura Neal from Atlanta, Georgia. And she had the distinct honor of introducing and speaking on stage with Nate Silver. 
And Nate's this really amazing data nerd. So the book that he has out right now is called The Signal and the Noise. And it talks about why so many predictions end up being wrong and how statisticians, politicians, and meteorologists fall prey to the massive amount of data we have when finding important signals is mostly a matter of being cautious, diligent, and most importantly, human. And so his quote from the book that I really love is, we need to stop and admit it. We have a prediction problem. We love to predict things and we are not very good at it. So there were three takeaways from the book like we always have. Um, And number one is that most economists try to predict too accurately and they're too confident about their skills. You know, there's a lot of people who make their money off making predictions, sports commentators, broadcasts, stock analysts, um, meteorologists even fortune tellers. Um, But the thing is, a lot of those earlier people have more in common with the last one, the fortune tellers, which is kind of a fun fair scam, than we'd actually like them to. Um, He said, look at economists, for example. They usually say things like, we expect gross domestic product to grow by 2.9% next year. When you actually dig into the data, it's usually something like there's a likelihood of 90% that GDP will grow between 2.1 and 3.7%. Economists need to admit that the best thing they can do is just give us an interval. They can't be specific and yet they want to be so specific, but we would take them much more seriously if they would just give us the range that they've actually predicted. The second lesson, human judgment is a necessity for all good predictions. Since the dawn of the internet, we have more information available to us now more than ever. There are over 4 million economic indicators that are being tracked constantly. With this extreme amount of data, some coincidences are bound to arise. So for example, for 30 years, all the data pointed towards the stock market experiencing a surge in gains for the rest of the year if the Super Bowl winner was a team from the NFL. If a team from the AFL won, that meant losses for the stock market. This hypothesis held up for 28 out of 30 years between 67 and 97, leaving only a one in 4.7 million one in four, ugh, one in 4.7 million chance that this is a coincidence. However, it is a coincidence. There is no actual correlation between the Super Bowl winner and the stock market. And yet we like to run to the data and go, oh, there's a similarity. There's not, that's where human judgment needs to step in and go, there's not actually a coincidence between those two things. The third lesson is if you wanna make your predictions better, use something called the Bayes theorem. It's a mathematical formula that predicts the likelihood of something under an assumption. Good Lord, I can't talk today. (laughs) It gives you the chance to predict (laughs) the likelihood of something under the assumption that a given fact is true. There's something like, um, we talk about breast cancer. There is, if the result of a uh, mammogram is positive, 10% of all positive mammograms are a false positive, which would lead people to then believe there's, if there's a 90% chance that you do have cancer, if you get a positive, you subtract those out. But if you work through this bears theorem, which I'm not going to get into the actual likelihood, if you get a positive mammogram result is only a 7% chance that you actually have cancer. There's a whole way to work through this. But one of the things that I really love about Nate is that he is just so good at predictions. Um, In 2008, he predicted the voting outcome of 49 of the 50 states. And in 2012, he nailed all 50 or yeah, all 50. 
And then he has a blog called 538 where he writes about his predictions. It's a really good blog. And he also has a really good podcast. And Alex was supposed to get up and ask him to be on our podcast and didn't. Look, whoa, now somebody stole my question. But you still could have asked the question so on our podcast. What? Oh, come on. You could have. Oh, come on. Well, Mara's tight with him, so maybe she can spread we'll the ask, word. We'll ask Mara. She has her own podcast. She'll have him on that one. Oh, she's going to steal our guests. She is. All right, but speaking of guests, ours are probably waiting in the waiting room going, what the heck, guys? So we probably ought to bring them on. We'll be back with Habitat KC. Let's do it. Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. We are back with Lindsay Hicks, the VP of Development for Habitat KC, and Leslie Brady, a KCRAR realtor and the construction manager for Habitat KC. Welcome, ladies. We are so happy to have you here with us today. Happy to be here. Yay! We're having some fun. So, uh, Lindsay and Leslie, uh, give us a little bit of, um, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got involved with Habitat KC, uh, how long you've been working for them, and what you love about doing it. So I've been with the organization for a little bit over nine years and absolutely love working with Habitat. It's a privilege and an honor to be able to provide affordable housing solutions for so many Kansas City residents um, that are in need. Um, my background, I actually was doing university fundraising before, so I was traveling about 85%. And um, while it was really interesting to do housing projects in the university level, I really wanted to connect with my local community and to make a difference here locally, especially for those that were really challenged with finding affordable homeownership opportunities. So I absolutely love Habitat through and through. It, I say it's one of my true loves in my life because it really is. Awesome, Lindsay. That's really cool. I'm really glad to have you with us today. So that's fun. Leslie, what about you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. So Habitat was actually my first job in the real world. Um, back in the day, I will not date myself, but I worked there for a while and, and uh, transitioned out of it. And this is my fourth time back. I've been back since September. Um, I came back as their acquisition specialist, which works great in the, the realty world. So great way for my two worlds to collide. Um, I love, love, love Habitat. I have such a heart for it and love seeing a home come out of dirt and change people's lives. Little kids that didn't have that stability anymore now have a new home life and it just sets them on a new path of success. And it's, it's an amazing thing to see and so blessed to be a part of it. That's really awesome. And I, I love you keep trying to leave and then you get pulled back <laughs> in and never leave and come back. I've done yeah. that some other things, so I understand it completely. Um, tell us about Habitat Casey's mission and the ways that you're helping the Kansas City community. Yeah, so Habitat for Our Community, we bring people together to build homes, community, and hope. And that's really what our core focus is and our mission. Um, and our vision is every, a world where everyone has a decent place to live. And we we do that through Premier predominantly our affordable homeownership program and our home preservation programs that we operate here in Kansas City. And we also have our HOPE program. Um, but we're all about providing the resources necessary so that individuals can safely have a place to call home. Um, our affordable homeownership program, we partner with families so they can become homeowners. Uh, we sell them, we build them, and then sell them their homes at a affordable mortgage that's operated through Habitat so they have a safe place to call home. Um, and then our home preservation program, we do minor and critical home repairs for individuals that aren't necessarily Habitat homeowners, 
but really their houses just need a little bit of help so that they can um, have a safe place to, to reside in. And then our HOPE program is all about one-on-one financial coaching, counseling, and empowerment. So individuals can purchase homes on the regular market. Um, for some individuals, there's some barriers. And so we help them um, get through those barriers so they can have a safe place to call home as well. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, the affordable housing shortage? Uh, obviously, that's such a huge topic right now. Uh, it's across the country, but we're definitely experiencing it in Kansas City. Can you just tell us, uh, you don't have to, I don't, I'm not asking you to get too specific, but can you tell us maybe a story or two about how the lack of affordable housing right now has seriously impacted uh, some people? Yeah, so one in 10 Kansas Cityans right now is spending more than 50% of their income on housing. And that is absolutely crazy. Um, that is why we are in the situation that we're in right now. There are tens of thousands of, if not hundreds of thousands of individuals that simply can't afford a safe place to call home. And that's just, we see that with our homeowners. You know, We're so incredibly fortunate that we get to work with our homeowners. Um, we just had women build last week. And the, the great thing was to have all four of the homeowners on site building with us. And their stories are, you know, it's Rosa who is working and is working at, um, working in hospitality. And she has a great career. She has a great job. Um, but she just isn't making a livable wage to be able to afford a, a home, you know, to purchase a home. And then we have Tony, who is a wheelchair-bound individual, and finding a house that, that he can actually be mobile in and actually live in is, is extremely difficult for him right now because there's just not anything that he can afford um, that is accessible for him. So there's so many different stories and there's so many different layers to this affordable housing crisis. Um, we just really, as an organization, want to work with those individuals no matter what their circumstances are so that they can have a place to call home. I think that this message is is super important right now because obviously when we talk about affordable housing, um, I think people have like a particular image in in their mind. Um, and certainly when we do Rock the Block with you guys, like, you know, we're, we're working on houses that need uh, a lot of work, that kind of thing. Right now, affordable housing is a conversation uh, for a large, large group of people, the, the group of people that need affordable housing right now is expanding like crazy, especially within our industry in in residential resale. Um, I, it, it, it doesn't exist. It's very difficult, uh, for people to, uh, get into homes. Um, so what I'm wondering is, and, and what I would love to hear a little bit about from you guys is uh, how do you feel about homeownership in general? I, I, obviously, that's something that's important to you and you work with homeowners. Uh, so, and I love that you promote homeownership. Can you just talk a little bit about homeownership in general and why it might be a, a why, why it's an important part of helping people fulfill the uh, American dream? So, this the homeownership crosses both of my worlds with Habitat and being a Kansas City realtor, and it's so important for just everyone. You see people's eyes light up when they walk into a home, um, especially the first time home buyers, and they feel just that sense of belonging that you don't get in a, an apartment or a house that you're renting because it's not yours. You're paying somebody else's mortgage. You're not paying your own. You're not investing in yourself. 
and in your family. And that is so critical. And it, it just changes the tra trajectory of people's lives. And watching these little kids, you know, come into their home for the first time when it's done, we have a home dedication process and they come in and they go see their room when it's done. And they're so excited. We got to do one right before Christmas. And so we surprised the family by putting a Christmas tree up and decorating, which was amazing. So the little kid got to come in and he was just like starstruck with the Christmas lights and we'd put up some other decorations and he was running around showing us which room was going to be his there's nothing else like that. And you know, that path for him just got a lot better in just feeling his own self-worth and that he belongs somewhere. It's, it's really amazing across the board. You know, we always see these stats that if we look at the uh, wealth or the um, savings that people have, if they're a renter, it's usually like $5,000. If they're a homeowner, it's usually $200,000. Like the way that we build wealth and the way that we build equity in this country is through home ownership. You know, so often people get tied up in stocks, but it's like Warren Buffett will tell you the way that you build wealth and a legacy is through real estate. Um, what you guys are doing is such an invaluable service to bring people. I, I, we actually, and this isn't, you know, it's not a Habitat family, but we have a family that just moved in across the driveway from my driveway. It's their very first home. They've got five kids. And the first time they showed up for the showing and the kids are running around and their eyes are lit up. And then you see them start moving in and you can hear them yelling, that's my bedroom. That's my bedroom. And hearing their voices as they play tag in their first yard um, is just so important. Um, so this is such an important thing for realtors. How And Leslie or Lindsay, I don't even care who answers this one. How can realtors other than just our rock the block event that happens once a year, most years, how can realtors get involved and help through money, donations, volunteering? What do you need from us? I mean, you just hit it on the, you hit the nail on the head, all, all the above, all the above and everything and more. Um, so most importantly, you know, of course, donating and volunteering your time is so important to the organization and we cannot thank our partners, our realtor partners enough. They've been so wonderful at supporting the organization in that capacity. Um, but the other thing is joining us in our advocacy efforts to raise awareness about affordable housing needs within Kansas City, um, especially right now coming off of, you know, coming down from the pandemic. Um, there is just such an incredible need to fund affordable housing programs to advocate for those individuals that really do need these types of services to help them thrive and to help them, you know, get that family wealth and that, that generational wealth for their family. So um, so yeah, donate, volunteer, advocate, shop at our restores, shop at our restores and donate to our restores. If there are any clients that are looking to, where do I get rid of this couch that I don't want in my new house? Or I'm going to remodel this completely, but I don't want these cabinets anymore. Donate them to our restores. Our restores um, help us to generate unrestricted revenue so we can serve more families through our programs. You know, you brought up Restore and, you know, Alex, I don't think we've ever talked about the Restore Challenge on here on any of our podcasts. So I don't think uh, we have. I don't think I, I, it's really cool. So KCRAR for the last two years, I think we've done it for two years now. We've done a uh, Restore Challenge. Can you talk a little bit about that to our people who may not be aware of what KCRAR has been doing in the just random Restore Challenge? Oh my gosh, it's so fun. The Upcycle Challenge. We love it. And it gives so much inspiration to our, to our shoppers too and our, our clients. Um, but what KCRIR has been doing is partnering with real estate 
um, brokerages, realtor brokerages, and going in, they have a certain amount of money that they can spend to procure materials and to purchase materials at our restore. And then they take them back to their brokerage and they upcycle them. And then we they auction them off and the proceeds go to Habitat for Humanity. We have had the most incredible items come in from that upcycle challenge. I mean, it is like Pinterest times 10. We've had people create entire bars. We've had people, I mean, just blow your mind with some of the work that they've done and all of that. You can actually see the, um, the finished items. They've been on Habitat Social or on KCRER, but it's just such a great partnership. And it also, you know, raises awareness of don't throw things in the landfill, you know, make sure that you're donating as much as you can because it just helps, you know, nonprofit organizations serve more families. So we love the upcycle challenge. It's great. I love watching the videos as they're working on them and they're running around and then people are posting on Facebook. You got to see this. And so it's, it's a lot of fun. So you guys, and I actually have experienced this myself just very recently, as uh, you guys have some exciting changes um, coming up to your facility. I know about this because I did the training class with Leslie recently and we got to do it in the garage of the warehouse because you guys are doing some remodeling. So tell us what's going on with your facility and the changes that are happening and what's all going on with that. Yeah, so we, um, we're we super excited. We have our offices, our headquarter offices are located at Linwood and Paseo. And it's a beautiful old Greek Orthodox church. Um, but the health department took over it in the 70s and turned it into a 70s health department. So you can imagine what that kind of looked like. Um, and so Habitat took over the building. We actually purchased it from the city. We had been working out of it for quite some time, but we purchased it from the city about four or five years ago. And we are doing a three and a half million dollar renovation of that building. And it is going to be amazing. I actually was just there a couple of days ago. Um, but we are, there's a beautiful two-story sanctuary and we are opening the, they put a floor in it when the health department came in. So we're opening that back up to be a huge community space that can accommodate hundreds of people. And it's so, they just ripped out the floor and to see that sanctuary back to life. I mean, it literally, I got chills. It's so exciting. Um, but the entire main floor of this space is, is strictly for community use. We want our staff to use it, our homeowners to use it, our neighborhood associations to use it. Any partners that are looking for somewhere to have meetings, you know, that are focused on revitalizing our communities, we really, we want to bring everybody together so that, um, so that we can, you know, really help Kansas City in an intentional way. So we're so excited. It's going to be so beautiful and um, yeah, it'll be great. Well, I really appreciate that you guys took the time to be with us this morning. Um, I, I just want to reiterate how amazing I think that your uh, mission is and how important I think that affordable housing is. Uh, a, a homeownership was already something that uh, not a lot of people had access to, or there was a large group of people that just didn't have very uh, easy access to the idea of homeownership. And I think that that is becoming even harder to attain um, year after year. So um, I am uh, thrilled about your message. And, uh, you know, we joked about it, but I really do want one of those, those shirts. I won't we'll get you one. <laughs> no, I, I, I want a shirt that says Kansas City needs affordable housing. I, <laughs> I'm jealous of all of the, the attention that Bobby got about that shirt uh, while we were in Florida. And so I'm after that shirt now.
And Alex, I have to add, it's literally the softest, most comfortable t-shirt I own. So I find myself going to it more often than any other shirt in my closet. And it's a free shirt, so it makes it even better. So the way that we usually wrap up all the podcasts, and I'm actually going to make it a two-part question, is first, um, talk to us a little bit about Rock the Block, if you can, and how it's going to operate a little bit differently this year as it being a three-day event as opposed to a one-day event like we normally do. So any changes that we need to be aware of. And then finally, what have we not talked about that we should have talked about? What should we have asked you and that we just missed the mark and not talked about Habitat KC that we should have? I'll let you roll. Leslie, I'm gonna let you go first. All right, I'll talk to you about Rock the Block. So this year, definitely gonna be a little bit different from our massive taking over of a block like we have done in the past. So we've spread it out over, it's from September 21st through the 24th. And we'll have two to three houses going per day with 12 volunteers per site. So it won't be the, the ants crawling all over like it has been in the past, which both good and bad, I think. Um, but it'll be different. We'll be able to finish more projects this way, I believe, rather than just hitting it one day and Habitat having to come by and finish up some painting and stuff afterwards. So that's exciting and hopefully we can get more homeowners in there too and do a little bit more meaningful projects. So we're super excited about that. I uh, can't wait to have you guys out again. We, those are my favorite events of the year are doing Rock the Block. So I'm very excited about it. I agree. We're super excited to have Rock the Block back in action. We missed it last year. We missed having our realtor friends out on site and being with us. Um, and the neighborhood that we're working in is called the Lichens neighborhood. This is a neighborhood where Habitat not only is doing our home repair program, but we're also, we're, we are building five new construction homes over the next year. Our, we broke ground on one of those homes a couple of months ago, and it is the first new construction home in 27 years in this neighborhood. So we're excited to be bringing um, layers of investment with a bunch of other nonprofit and for-profit partners. There's really a great synergy going on within that community. Um, so we're super excited to be in Lycans and to have you all join us um, for Rock the Block. Yeah, when you said that, it, it just, and it's obvious, and yet it, the, like the light bulb went off. When you go into a neighborhood and you do something like that, you're not just affecting the trajectory of that family that gets that new house. You're affecting the trajectory of all the neighbors because you've brought new life, new energy, new investment into that neighborhood. And it, it's a ripple effect of, of a lot of people. That's a, it's just absolutely amazing. Yeah, it really is. And when we when we look at our focus neighborhoods that we're working in, the most important component of that is engaging the residents that are there so that they are a part of that change happening. And they are our biggest champions um, for the work that, that we're doing. We really could not have a vision or do what we do without the residents being a part of, of every step of the way. Yeah. And it's always fun to see when we come into a neighborhood it does have that ripple effect and people's who have, whose houses we're not even working on, they start to, you know, do some touch up paint or clean up the yard or that pride of home ownership is catching. And it, it's a beautiful thing to see it impact the entire neighborhood and not just one house or one block. Yeah, that's amazing. And really quick, just to jump on that too, is it's not even the homes that we're impacting. Like there's this huge park in Likens and now they're seeing so much investment in this park. They're putting in amphitheater. There is a soccer field that was just sitting vacant for a while. Now they have hundreds of kids enrolled in a soccer program at that park. And so Habitat, you know, previously we would do new construction or we would do home repairs. 
But now we're really going into communities with strategic partners at the table so we can from, from you know, housing to, to the community amenities or the parks, whatever it might be, we can holistically create change within that community and, and really revitalize the neighborhood in its entirety. So there's so many ways to get involved. We're so appreciative of the partnership that we have with KCRAR and with, with every, all the agents that we have in town. Um, if you have interest in volunteering with us, being on a committee, shopping at a resource, whatever it might be, just go to our website, habitatkc.org, and it's very easy to engage with the organization in that capacity. Alex, did you hear that? They have committees. Like, that was why I was like, wait, there's committees? committees? Oh, Realtors boy. love to join committees. Like, that was like, <laughs> wait a second, there's committees. We can join. We are association junkies. That's what we do. So, Thank you again, ladies, so much for your time today. We really appreciate you. And I think we kind of need to do a follow-up when after Rock the Block and see how it all went and talk about it. And, and we need to talk about this more. So we'll do it. Love it. And we'd love great. to bring one of the residents from Likens on when we do that follow-up of Rock the Block. I think that'd be really great. That would be yes. brilliant. I yeah. love that idea. Yes. Okay, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Thank you so much, ladies. Bye.